0: And as they, uh, as they make their way out, you know, we, we have this, this awesome privilege every, uh, every week to kind of gather like this. And, and, and we also have this unique opportunity to have uh, guest speakers come and, and speak. And, and Troy is away, and he's going to be coming back next week and sharing some probably unbelievable stories. And so I'm excited about that. But in his absence, uh, you know, we, we, are, we are always left in very good hands. And so uh, we've had Bob come and speak before, and so it says a lot that we've asked him back. <laughs> Uh, and l- last time he was here, he made a joke about me not having any hair, so I grew my hair out just to, just to try to prove <laughs> to to him wrong. But anyway, hair jokes aside, uh, please give a very warm welcome to Bob Lenz as he comes and speaks to us. Thanks, Bobby. By the way, it's looking nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How about a round for his hair? <laughs> um, no, it really is uh, uh, nice to be asked back. I mean, you, you get I get invited to a lot of places, but there's only about three places ever asked me back twice. <laughs> so it's it's really good to be here. Um, it really is. Just uh, it, it, there's community here. It really is, and we are one body in Christ. And it, it's so neat that um, even where uh, Trish and Troy are now um, um, with with uh, the church I attend and what they're doing and you'll hear more about that but it's just, it's just really great so let's, let's believe for a miracle though let's um, and even just hearing the news about Bobby's sister um, let's still believe let's still hope um, we know that the ultimate um, one day everything is gonna be the way it's supposed to be and every tear will be wiped away and uh, death will be no more Um, But until then, let's believe to bring a little piece of heaven to this earth. Can we do that? Let's pray. Amen. Father God, thank you and praise you uh, that the promise is true. And Lord, help us to believe. Help us to believe in miracles. Lord, help us to be a miracle. Help us to be what you want us to be. Lord, we need you. Um, I want to rely on your spirit. I want you to move like you already have. And Lord, anything that we still need a little help with from your spirit to leave go, to uncleanse those fists, to trust, and just be held. Lord, let us release. Lord, we thank you, and we praise you for who you are. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Um, so this message I just wrote, my son David is actually the youth pastor down at Christ's Rock in Menasha. Um David, uh, I was youth pastor there 30 years ago. Yes, 30 years ago. <laughs> I was there. Um, David has gone away to school and um, actually has his master's from Wheaton. He's the first lens to ever have a master's. <laughs> the only master I have is one Lord and Savior Jesus. <laughs> but it's just so awesome. But he's doing this. I, got, I I think he's pretty creative. The team came up down there, and the question was, and they're doing a series called Am I an Idiot? A- am I an idiot because I believe in the Bible? Am I an idiot because I believe in creation? Am I an idiot that I believe in these things that the Bible says? Because that's the way the media portrays us. So he asked me to come in, and here's what he asked me to ask. Am I an idiot because I believe in miracles? So he asked me to, to speak on this subject. And so when Troy asked if I would speak, um actually... I didn't say this for service, Bobby, but honestly, I'm just a fill-in because he thought he had somebody filled in, and I found out Wednesday, (laughs) and so I forgot that, so (laughs) don't say that. Okay, all right, but so, you know, so he asked Wednesday, hey, can you speak um, this Sunday, and I'm like, well, sure. I, I just, I've spoken 42 times in October. It's our busiest month ever, and I'm like, if you don't mind if I preach on miracles, and he's like, you got it. So, but when my son asked me to speak this, speak on this, am I an idiot because I believe in miracles, so I was getting ready, and you start preparing in your head, and this time of year, how many had frost on your windows this morning, your car, Ugh. but I had to put away, we live on a lake now, and I had to put away our pontoon, but the water has been down, and the last time we tried to get our pontoon out, this is what our pontoon would look like if it was new. It doesn't look like this anymore. But there was not enough water in it. When you put it down off the boat lift, it hit the bottom, and we tried with a bunch of guys to move it, we couldn't move it. And so, just a, a couple weeks ago, I'm, I thought, well, try again, because the water, I thought it shifted a little bit, and I went and I put the boat down, the pontoon down, and nope, I went and it was in the sand, it was totally on the bottom. I tried, I stood on the, the bolt lift, pushing it back. I could not it, So then I'm like, I just gave up. And I decided to put the cover on and I didn't know what I was gonna do and see if we'd get a crane in or something to, to take it out. So it took me 20 minutes to put the cover on, right? To, to put it down, so I gave up. I put the cover on and I'm gonna, you know, put the bolt lift back up, put it back up. And I started and I went, I'm preaching on miracles. I suppose I should ask. <laughs> He's stronger than people, right? So so I'm like, hey God, it's Bob. Remember me? <laughs> I'm like, hey, how about if you help me get this pontoon off? I'm doing this thing on miracles, and, and if you get it off, I will tell all the students that you got it off. So I prayed. Let me ask you, what percent of Bob Lentz do you think thought that that pontoon would move? If you said zero, you're right. But I thought, well, might as well do it. You know, I'm the preacher. So I prayed. I already spent 20 minutes getting it back on, and I go to the boat, and I go like this. And it floated off. Now, some of you would say, that's cool. I'll be honest, the water didn't shift, I'm thinking, of like I'm like, start looking, th- what happened? Like, what's the natural explanation of what happened? And actually when it, it moved, I'm like, oh good, I can, I can pull the boat up now. But as soon as I start going out further, do you know what the first thought came? Rats. I gotta tell people. Why? Because I'm like, now I am gonna be an idiot. Like, there there may be one person, but nobody here just went, wow, God moved a pontoon for Bob. I'm going to surrender my life. I believe in Jesus, (laughs) right? That's not what happened. So I'm like, God, maybe I'm the wrong person because I'm like, I want to build their faith. But all the skeptics even here are going, Bob, okay, something happened, the wind blew, and now it went. But I'm like, God, I'm the wrong one. Maybe I shouldn't be the one because I feel like an idiot. Even with the stories, I feel like an idiot. I shouldn't have asked. My son, Tim, is our prodigal. Maybe you have a prodigal. We prayed for Tim a long time. Tim came back to Christ, gave his life wholeheartedly. He's in missions full time. Um, So he goes, he's with YWAM, and he goes, he goes three months at a time to a different country. He's been to the Fiji, to Nepal, and to Brazil. But when he's in Brazil, he saw, he said, miracles. I'm like, come on, Tim. No, but Dad, we prayed for people, and they were healed. You know, back pain and headaches. And, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. He goes, but Dad, this one lady, she hadn't walked for a year. And she was in a wheelchair. And they prayed for her, and she got up and walked. And I'm like, should I tell you what? The founder of LifeFest said, shut up. Tim, really? You really believe that she was healed? I mean, maybe she was just getting better. No, Dad, I really believe God healed her. I'm like, come on. Tim, what did, what did you do? What, when, you, when you really believe, what did you do? And I have to, because we're sitting in a circle, I got to show you. So just wait. I said, what did, you do when, what did you do when you felt like she was healed? She said, it went like this. Said, my jaw just dropped. Said, Dad, you always said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And I'm like, God, I want to believe. So here is my prayer today. My prayer is this: it's in Mark 9:24. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, is there anybody here? I, I believe God could move that. I mean, He spoke the stars into existence. Like, if he wanted to, he could, I've seen storms. He could throw that pontoon like nothing. So I believe he could, but here's what I want for us. I know he could, but I want to believe that he wants to. I want to believe that he's done miracles. I want to believe that he will do miracles. So this is my hope for you. I want you to trust in, hope for, and experience miracles. Doesn't that sound crazy? Miracles, but is there anybody else like me that you want to say, "Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief." I'm going to actually you, thank you. If, if you're with me, would you put your hand up? And let, let's make this a prayer. We're going to pray at the beginning of a message instead of the end. So keep your hand up for a minute, okay? We we just I, I think Bobby set up so well, but, to, but pray this out loud. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. One more time from your heart. That's what I want to believe. And that's what I want for you. Lord, help me. And you're not alone. I just want you to know this God thing. Did you know? Here's some stats 94% of Americans believe in a God. 94%. So that doesn't mean they're Christians. They're probably deists or they believe in, in something. 94%. So it's real. Only, that means only 6% are really non believers or real atheists. You're not alone. People believe in this God being. But then you break it down. We just went through Halloween. Seventy-six believe in the supernatural. Like Halloween is always hard for Christians because you go, you end up one side too far, one side, You know, like I, I mean, you know, you you can't dress up like a you know a clown. I'm like, well, you look like no, but you know. And then some people are so afraid of it, and then some people don't realize that there are spiritual realities. And I think balance has always been my word, but. But you look at that, 76 believe in the supernatural. But here's where I think we stand out. Only one in three people in America believe that the Bible is God's word, really his story. So if only one out of three believe that it really is his narrative, his story, his conversation, then how many of us really apply it? So let's just go this. Like, like can can I just tell you the Bible narrative, kind of in a capsule, all right? And so I'll tell you the narrative, the story of the Bible, but I'll be honest with you, sometimes it sounds like a fairy tale, okay? can Know that I'm kind of mocking, but just, just know where I'm going, okay? So here's the story, dude, all right. In the beginning, there was this invisible being, and it was God. And he was love, and he wanted to share love, so he spoke into the darkness, and he created the world, and he created for relationship with God and with one another. But there was an enemy, and if any of you remember Saturday Night Live, his name was Satan. Satan there was an evil i'm sorry but there was an evil and he came and what did he do he put a curse on the people right he put a curse on the people and now they were spiritually dead and now because of the curse they would die physically but don't worry the king has a son what is a king's son called a prince so the prince is going to come and break the curse Wait wait a minute. What does this sound like? Doesn't it sound like a fairy tale? I'm sorry, maybe some of you haven't watched this. I'm a Netflix guru addict now. But doesn't it sound like Once Upon a Time? Doesn't it sound like a fairy tale? No, no, really. Um, doesn't it sound like, okay, there was a wicked person, and they put a spell on and She went into a deep sleep. Look at this next one. And she went into a deep sleep. She was spiritually like, dead. but now the prince is going to come, and the prince is going to kiss her and step over Bobby's stuff. <laughs> that would have been weird because you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> we need a healing. We have a dead person over here. <laughs> but doesn't it, I'm sorry, doesn't it sound crazy? But you know what we believe it is? Not a fairy tale, we believe it's the holy word of God, the Bible, go on. So there was a prophecy. There was a prophecy that said this son, this prince is gonna come, and they waited. You know how long they had to wait for the prince to come? 2,000 years. Do you think some of them doubted? How, How long have you been waiting for the miracle? And some of us gave up already? Is my friend ever going to come to Christ? Is my son going to return? Is God really going to do something? 2,000 years. But then he finally came and he died on the cross. And they said that when he died on the cross, it broke the spell. And then, if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. Okay. Now, some of you, are, are anybody else a skeptic like me? Doesn't it just sound like a fairy tale? Doesn't this just sound like really the Holy Bible? Or maybe all the fairy tales talk about the one true story. But to be honest, I feel like an idiot. When I tell this story, I'm like, really? You want the intellectual people to believe in this? 80% of our students, when they're going to college, are walking away from the faith. And you want them to believe this story? Well, if you're an idiot for believing this, then I'm the king of fools. Because I've committed my whole life To going around and spreading this message and saying, this is what I want you to believe in. This is what I want you to be all in on. This is what I want to say. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. But because, let me say this though, if you call yourself a believer here today, maybe some of you are seeking, but if you call yourself a believer, can I say something? You already believe in Miracles. If you're really a Christian, you believe in miracles. Because let's go to that 2,000 years later. Can we go to the fulfillment of this prophecy? Okay? So Jesus comes. Jesus comes and he was born of a virgin. Now, that may not be real popular today, and I know we release young kids, so I hope this is okay. Do you know what that means? Let me explain. (laughs) <laughs> some of you are really afraid right now that means that the girl has not been with the boy biblically and she became pregnant they guesstimate she was like 14 years old can you imagine coming home mom, dad, I'm pregnant who was it? nobody I mean, where do you think the same came? Who's your daddy? (laughs) It sounds funny, but that's what you believe is true. That's in the profession since 300 AD. Born of a virgin, then it goes on. Then he did acts of miracles. He turned water into wine. The deaf, the deaf, sorry, wrong one. The deaf heard, the blind saw, the lame walked. You really the dead were raised. You're sitting around a book that proclaims that. If you're a Christian today, you are a miracle. And then it said, even though he had the power to pick up a pontoon and throw it, even though he spoke into the darkness and the galaxies existed, he had all the power of the world. You believe that, right? Totally, God, all powerful, omniscient, all knowing. Really? but he couldn't even control some Roman soldiers? And they nailed him to a tree? I'm sorry. I didn't say this first service, but how many were shocked at what happened last week against the Broncos? Really? 77 yards? I thought he was the best. And now he's nailed. And they're waiting. Call, call, call on the angels. And he dies. But then, I hate funerals. I was at one just two weeks ago, 47 year old with cancer, Nancy. But could you imagine? She's laying up in front. 100 people in the funeral parlor. And all of a sudden she sits up and goes, I'm back! You'd freak out. (laughs) You'd go in your pants. (laughs) Some of you would pass out. But you know what? That's what the book says. That's what the book says. He rose from the dead. Do you believe that? And then he said, he's coming again. Really? I thought it was going to be the year 2000. Right? Everything was getting the blackout. Didn't you see the red sun last, or the moon a couple weeks ago? Some people aren't believing anymore, are they? They didn't believe the first time he was coming either. But can I tell you something? This is the gospel narrative. This is the story. And the difference between being a seeker and a believer... Is this part of your story? Has it entered you? Have you sold out to this? That doesn't mean you don't have any doubts. I have more to. Make. I still don't believe that that pontoon moved. It did, though. <laughs> I am hundred percent positive that the Bible is true, and I sure hope it is. <laughs> Anybody else with me? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. But if you've never made this part of your story, you're welcome here. But you're invited. Not just religion, not just rules, not just morality. I I welcome you to the greatest true fairy tale that's true. Cross the line. Surrender to what? does that look like? Let Let's go when it becomes personal. Let me show you some scriptures. Of what it means? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, verse one: "You were dead in your trespasses and sin." I believe that that you were born with a dead spirit because of sin. We're separated from God. That we, we live in the natural realm, but there's a spiritual realm He wants to be in. And how does that happen? John one twelve. It says, to as many as receive him, though all who believe in his name, gave he the right to become children of God. You can't be good enough. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. It's a gift you can receive or reject. He came to his own, first, the first before that, and his own received him not, but to as many as received and believed. That's when you cross over. And then you know what happens? Ephesians 2.5 says, you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions, but he made you alive in Christ. Christ did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. That's the gospel. That's, I know the term has been abused in the 70s and 80s, but that's what it means to be born again. Do you know Jesus? Is he living inside of you? Romans 8 says this. Romans 8 says, You, however, are not in the realm... Remember that. The realm of the flesh, natural, but you are in the realm of the Spirit. And in the Spirit of God lives in you. If indeed the Spirit lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. There's a lot of cognitive acknowledgers of Christ. Cognitive acknowledgers who have never surrendered to Jesus and said, you take control. Jesus, take the wheel. How many of us are still holding like this? I'm in control of me. To be a Christian is going like this and saying, come on in. My heart, your home. But if that's true, and listen to this next one in Romans. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Because the Spirit, because his Spirit who lives in you. Let me tell you this: if you're a Christian, not only do you believe in miracles, you are a miracle. You have the King of Kings and the creator of all the world living inside of you. Church, do you believe that? Community, you can be, you can be Pentecostal. Say amen come on church, that's okay. i would sure people say, Bob, you need some energy. I'm like, how could you sit still? If the, no, 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 no. God, the invisible boogeyman. Is it real? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Then that power is in you. Then why do we worry so much? And why is anxiety? I'm sorry, I'm getting off my notes here, but I'm reading an 18-hour lecture. I'm listening to an 18-hour lecture on the history of Christianity. And he says, "You you know why Christianity is set apart from every other religion? Because every religion is just a way of life. But Christianity is an obsession with Jesus. Because when they wrote about him, they were all obsessed and they worshiped this man as if he was God. There's a lot of people who take Christianity because it is a good way to live. It's a good way of life. But the gospel is so much more. Are you obsessed with Jesus? or Are you obsessed with the problems and the pain and the cancers and the shame and the guilt and everything else? He Wants us to be in a new realm. And if you're a believer, you are. Uh, What helps me to picture this is um, if you're my age or older, maybe you're not real good at video games and you think, well, they spend too much time on them. But they're pretty good at them, aren't they? Right? Look at this here. Can I just say this? I've never got to that level. But you know that sometimes you look at me like, what do you plan? I didn't know that existed. (laughs) And they're like, because you're still on level one. But if you're a believer, there is another realm. There is another level. You can live in the, hey, I'm not a Gnostic. Physical is good, it's beautiful, it's awesome. But like, I, I caught a fish. I caught a 46-inch uh, musky, and I went crazy. Oh, this is awesome, this is awesome. And I had my friend's son with me. He isn't a fisherman. He netted it for me. This is awesome, awesome. And I looked, I said, but, but Spence, if this was all there was in life, like if the, my holy life was just catching a fish, how shallow is that? But because I have Jesus, this is really cool. And he's like, did you bring me out here to preach to me? I'm like, no, this, you should be inside my head. This is all the time. Because I love fishing, but if that's all you got, guys, how sad. People like shopping. That's great. But if that's all you have, I love football. Love football. Almost an idol. We just pull it back every week. (laughs) But if that's all you have, really, there's so much more. I want this new realm for you. I want this realm that's bigger. But I think we take it for granted. Kind of like water. (laughs) Really, um, I travel around and I call people to this next level. That's what an evangelist is, right? We just had our most fruitful month of our entire ministry. We had over 1,000 kids receive Christ in October. Praise God. It's just, just it's God. I, we, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. You can't do that. But I think I take it for granted because I see it night after night. But I was in a northern territory, Canada, way north, north of Canada. It's called the Northern Territory. And I just did this little reservation area. And, and so we did the two schools. That's what we do. We come into your public school. We do anti-bullying or living life to the fullest. Then we invite them back at night with the churches to do the gospel. I'm in the Northern Territory, and I got a group just the size of this section. And they gave me 45 minutes to speak. And at about 15, I was ready to quit because such a fear came over me. Like, I was scared, literally scared, like I thought somebody was going to kill me. And I felt like, well, think of the scariest thing ever, a spider, or you're in the dark, you think somebody's in the other room, right? You got one? You got your scariest Times it by 100. I've never felt anything like this in my life. And like, I was done speaking in 15 minutes. You've heard me speak. That does not happen to me. And so I'm like, okay. Jesus died. He rose from the dead. And if you love him, open your heart. Okay, pray with me. And I had people bow their heads. And everybody bowed their heads. And I'm feeling this fear, except one lady, one, one bow her head. And she's looking at me. And she's shaking her head. And there is anger and vile and murder. And she was a tiny little lady. But I was so afraid. I'm like, if you want, Jesus, raise your hand. And a couple people did. And we're done. And I got out of there. And I went to the pastor. And I said, I'm sorry I spoke so short. I don't know what happened. There was an evil presence, and I I felt like I was being attacked, like I felt like I was in restraints, and and, and uh, there was this, and she go, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, that lady, and he described, I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. She's a witch doctor. She's a medicine, um, medicine doctor, medicine witch here on the reservation. I'm like, now you tell me. You could have warned me. But you know what? Do you believe that that spiritual f- battle is really going on? Every time somebody comes to Jesus, he comes from light to darkness, death to life. That's re- Do you believe that that's real? And you wonder why. They just want to distract you. When I was a youth pastor, we would always do a lot of fun events to get people to come and they would share Jesus. We went to Six Flags, Great America. And we had a bus full of people and we're coming back at night. We made it to Bofond and you know, kids are being kids and they start telling ghost stories, right? Campfire stories. Well, one time I was alone and I heard something. I know there was something there. And, you know, and well, one time I think that my dead aunt came, right? You know the stories. And they were just talking, having fun and telling scary stories. And all of a sudden somebody said, did you ever watch The Exorcist? Like when it, that voice came out and they're like, oh, yeah, but I don't know. Do you think that's really real? And all of a sudden this girl starts crying. And I'm, I went and sat by her. said, What's the matter? That happened to me. I'm like, what? You watch a scary show? No, a voice came out of me. Okay, thanks for telling me. I'm in Fond du Lac. We got an hour to go. What am I supposed to do? So I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you when we get back. But when we get back, Right when, before we let everybody off, I always share the gospel a little bit, right? Every opportunity. So I'm like, wasn't that fun? Man, that roller coaster was so great. Man, but you know what? Isn't that so tiring? You got to wait 60 minutes to get on a three-minute ride. Heaven's going to be the other way. It seems long now, but the heaven's going to last forever. And I said, if you want Jesus, and every time I said Jesus, this girl start going, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, love Jesus, Bye. And so I'm like, I better pray with this girl. So I took another leader and a, a girl, so it'd be appropriate, went to our, our office and we started praying for this girl. And I went to Bible college. So Bobby, I know how to do this. So I put my hand up and I go, if there are any spirit here except for the spirit of Jesus, I command you to make yourself known. And this tiny girl, she weighed literally 90 pounds. Her body stiffened out. Her eyes rolled back in her uh, in her head, and it was white. And she was, and I'm like, ah, and I'm like, okay, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go, right? Because at the name of Jesus, they have to flee. But instead, it said, no. What do you do now? Yes. I'm sorry, I mean, don't get scared. It's really, but it's a true story. I'm like, yes. It said, no, we're going back and forth. I didn't know what to do. I'm confessing every sin I've ever done in my life. And I'm like, Jesus, I believe in you. And all of a sudden I said, in the name of Jesus, come in. And it said, no, she has not received your Jesus. I didn't know what to do. You know, they didn't teach me this in Bible school. So I went and called my brother Bill. He's the, the senior pastor. I'm the youth pastor. Bill, what do I do? What do I do? He goes, You're doing good. Just keep it up. I'm going back to bed. I'm like, you got to come. No, keep it up, Bob. You're doing good. I'm like, ah. So I went back. I didn't know what to do. So I said to my friend Tom, you pray it down, and I'll lead her to Christ. So he's praying it down, and I said, you and G? And so it would go back and forth when she was there. So I said, pray this after me, dear Lord. And she goes, dear Lord. And as soon as she tried to say Jesus, it took over and won't let her say Jesus. So I'm like, pray it down more and she did and then she said dear jesus i want you in my heart and she received jesus and dude you don't need to be afraid because then let me tell you i felt this faith inside of me i felt like clay matthew i'm like now she has jesus no in the name of jesus i came in and it went and it it left it went and she came back and she's like what happened and let me tell you, she was suicidal and she was hearing voices telling her that she didn't matter and she should take her life. Now doctors in the room, please hear me. I believe in chemical imbalance as well. But we need to discern when it's one or the other and when it's both. This girl, it's a true story. She went on and took state in cross country that year. It's a true story. It's a miracle. She knows Jesus and has a new life. Do you believe? But then let me tell you this. If you receive Jesus, then you're a miracle too. The greatest miracle of all is a changed life. Jesus living in you, the hope of glory. So then we start getting involved with things, and some of the older people here that have gray hair like I do, you remember the charismatic renewal, right? In the charismatic renewal, my mom went she got prayed for. She had arthritis really bad, and she couldn't carry my handicapped brother. And they prayed for her, doctor proven she was healed. She was healed. I'm like, whoa. So then I prayed. I started praying for people at camps. And this really happened. These are true stories. I prayed for this person. And they say it's a physical manifestation, but my hands like, were burning. And I prayed for this girl because she had an ear infection. And I prayed for her in my hands. Never did it before. I don't think it ever happened since. Maybe one or two times. And I'm praying. I'm like, whoa. So then she's like, I prayed for her. She goes, did you feel that? I'm like, not really. But she went to the doctor the next day and the ear infection was gone. And I'm like, God can do miracles, you believe? So I thought, if he can do that, he can heal my handicapped brother, Tim. So I brought him to the chapel on the hill in Black Creek, and we carried him up, and I saw miracles. My mom, I saw it, so I believed And I had a dream that Tim was healed. In my dream, I saw him healed, and he got up and preached like here, and he said, I know you've seen the weird people on TV that hit you on the head, but that's not me. Here's a picture of me when I was in my wheelchair. Here's me now. And then he would share, and people would come to Jesus. So I brought him up there, and I believed zero out of 10 that he was gonna move the pontoon, but I believed 100% that he was gonna heal my brother. And we prayed for hours. And every time I closed my eyes when I opened it, I thought he'd be healed. But he wasn't. And finally, the best I could hear the Spirit of God say is, Bob, he's fine just the way he is. Let me change your mind about how you look at him. So I carried my brother back down. Sometimes you've believed for a miracle, and it doesn't happen. And then you think God isn't able or you turn your back on God and think he's not there at all or maybe he doesn't love you as much as somebody else or maybe you take it into self-contempt and you start thinking, I don't have enough faith and I know I'm a sinner but I must be worse than everybody else and the enemy starts using it to ruin us and to ruin our faith. It's funny, scripture, balance is important. The Bible says, these signs will follow those who believe. You know what it said next? And I feel guilty I took it out now. It says they will cast out demons. I took it out because I knew there'd be kids in the, in the audience. I didn't want to sensationalize this story. Like, why are you talking about this? Because it's in the Bible. But look at this next verse. So it says that real signs will follow, but then it says this. This generation is wicked generation. It seeks for a sign. What? So it says signs and wonders will follow real believers, but if you look for a sign, then you're wicked? But do you see the balance? A.J. A.W. you said take two scriptures and find the one that balances out. It takes two wings to fly every bird. Take one scripture and the one that seems to contradict it, and you'll have theology that flies I want your theology, your love of Jesus to fly. He still does miracles. My brother passed away at 19 and a half. I didn't stop believing. So I called my brother Bill and we prayed that he'd come back. I'm mean, this is better yet. He's dead. He's going to come back to life. And I believed it. I put my hands, he was still warm. I put my hands and I opened my eyes. And I thought he would be alive, but he wasn't. But what I still believe? I've prayed for over four, I prayed over four dead people now. Only two of them came, no, none did. <laughs> but they're gonna, and I wanna still believe. I wanna still believe. Even if it doesn't happen. I want you to believe. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, first let me share this. I gotta quit. I'm sorry, I'm going over my time. Ah, okay. But John the Baptist, remember him? If anybody shouldn't doubt, this guy baptized Jesus, right? He baptized the Son of God. The heavens open, says, this is my beloved Son. But now, at the end of his life, he's in prison, remember? So, are you in a dark spot? Are you feel like you're in a prison? Did you get a call like Bobby about his sister? And you're going, God, are you real? So guess what John the Baptist does? He sends some friends to Jesus and says, hey, go and ask him. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? This is John the Baptist. Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. So the guys go to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, are you the one? Look at Jesus' response. He says, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news proclaim to the poor. Them are called what? Say it out loud. Miracles. Say it out loud. So he said, "Are you the one?" Yes. Go tell him about the miracles. But here he is holding on to the, to the bars, going. Is he the one? Yeah. There's miracles. Well, not for me. And the next day, what happened to John? His head was cut off. But look at the last verse. No, go. I'm sorry, go back. I'm sorry, the last part of the verse. That was, that was my bad. Okay, next one. That's me. She, she did awesome. No, it's me. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Andy Stanley says, what happens is when you don't get the miracle that you thought that God would provide is when you start questioning. You know what I want for you and for me? Bobby, you know what I want for you? This next, this last one. I want even if faith. Story: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king says, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. Some of you feel like you're in a fiery furnace right now. And what does Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego say? Our God is able to deliver us. Our God is able to heal. Our God is able to bring our son back. Our God is able to take care of the cancer. Our God is able to set it free. Our God is able to heal my marriage. Our God is able. But this is what I want for community. But even, even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to turn my back on Jesus. I still believe community if you believe in miracles you're not an idiot you are a miracle and I believe we start asking and stop believing let's believe again let's go into a, a time of worship here and a time of communion and let's ask God to give us faith and to believe again there's parents here and the elders are going to be by the crosses afterwards but I'll be here as well and let's let's pray for some of your kids or grandkids who are not walking with the lord let's believe that God can bring them back and wants to let's pray for Bobby Bobby's sister ask for a miracle ask for the cancer to be gone let's pray for marriages to be healed for people with sexual sins to be broken. Let's pray for the hopeless to find hope. Let's pray for the cutters. Is there a God? Has he risen from the dead? He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Let's let go. Let's believe for a miracle. And then I want, even if we're all in, And whether the pontoon moved or doesn't move, I'll believe. And I'm going to cry out to the only one who can help. Jesus, I pray right now. Pour out your spirit. We welcome you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And we're sorry for those who say it has to every time. That's the prosperity gospel. And we're sorry for those who say the gifts are totally gone. They're not for today. As if you can't still do whatever you want. We will walk in your spirit. We will believe. Help us with our unbelief. And I pray for another in-gathering because of signs and wonders that somehow this average-sized church raised $700,000 when they only had $100,000 in in the first week of November. That'd be a miracle. Multiply the fish and the loaves again. Heal us again. Give us new hearts. And we promise to point to you, the only one God. In Jesus' name, everybody said.